Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back. Today is interview day. So, once a month, I am trying my best to do one interview. So, that's one interview every four podcasts. And today, I've got a very special interview. I'll be talking with Estela from Spain. She is an online Spanish teacher and She's also one of my students as well. So we know each other and we have done for quite some time. Her English is fantastic and she has a lot of really great things to say uh, on the topic of English learning and teaching online. And she's got some very funny stories as well. I really hope you enjoy our conversation today. I really enjoyed it a lot. So now let's jump into our conversation with Estella. Yeah, so I always never know how to start it, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are the owner of the podcast, Michael. <laughs> so I am here today talking with Estella. How are you? Hello, Michael. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm with the sleep yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite early, isn't it? But yeah, very good to be talking with you today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so could we start? Maybe could you tell me a little bit about where you're from? Yes, so I am from Alicante, which is a, a medium city in the southeast part of Spain. So I live on the Mediterranean coast, basically. And I was born here and I've been living here all my life, basically. Yeah, perfect. And as you said before, because, you know, we've had some lessons together before, it's maybe there are a lot of British tourists there. Is that right? A lot. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of British tourists and, well, European tourists in general, but especially British tourists. I guess they are normally English. Yeah. And I, I always, I can't help but feel a little bit guilty about that. But, well. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, here in, in especially in the, in, well, in all the towns that are on the beach, so there are all the British there. So if you go more to the mountains, there you don't find many tourists. Mm, okay, that's a good idea. So if I ever come there, I'll, I'll try and do that. I'll be the one tourist in the mountains. But... In the mountains, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, if I remember correctly, you have been to the UK before, is that right? Yes, I've been many, many times to London, that's mm. all. So... I've been there with my parents, my friends, and also my sister was living there for a year, working as an au pair, that the au pair, you take care of a, of a child and you live with a family. Mm -hmm. So during that year, I think I went like three or four times to London, but I've just visited London. And then outside the UK, I went to Ireland as well. Oh, okay, I've never been to Ireland actually, but that, that's really cool. I'm always interested when people come to the UK from another country, like about your experience and especially how it compares to your, you know, your hometown, your home country. So how would you say it compares to Spain generally? Well, the weather is very different, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I'm also from a 
kind of a small, medium city. So for me, London is quite big. I'm always like like an ant <laughs> lost in, in a town. But I really like London because it offers you many opportunities to taste food from different parts of the world, to visit like many places, museums if you like them. And one thing that I don't like it from London is that it's really, really difficult to find a, like a real British person. So there are mm -hmm. many people, like many immigrants there. So it's hard to, to how can I say that, to, to talk with uh, like a, a real native speaker. Do you know what I mean? Like a real British accent. Yeah. So, you have like many accents, which is really nice to, to practice your English because when English is spoken around the world, so it's really nice to hear different accents. But if you want to find that British accent, you, it's very difficult because all the people in shops, in like restaurants, they are from Spain, from other parts of Europe, from Poland, from, from Pakistan or India, you know? So if you want to find an English speaker from there, it's really difficult in my opinion. That's a really good point. Yeah, so maybe that's a good piece of advice for anyone who's thinking about going to the UK for the first time mm -hmm. is London is great. I love London. And the diversity is really amazing to see mm -hmm. so many different cultures in one place. But on the other hand, it's maybe quite hard to find someone to practice, you know, a good English conversation with because everyone is from all around the world. That's an interesting point. Yeah, which is fine because when you speak English, I mean, all the people in the world normally speak English. Mm -hmm. So you are going to find always different accents. And that's fine to practice and to listen to different accents. But some people, when they travel to London or when they travel, for example, to Spain, they are always looking to find native or local people. And I think there in London is quite difficult. Probably if you go to the outside part of London, you, you will find more native or more local people there. But in the city center, all the shops, restaurants, and taxis, like uh, buses, everything, they, I think they are not from there. It's like immigrants, like many Spanish people there as well. <laughs> yeah, generally that, that is true. Yes, yeah, so, so maybe if you do, this is to the listeners, if you do come to the UK, maybe travel outside of London, and especially in the south of England, uh, which is where I'm from, because I think the accents are a little bit more like what you're used to, you know, like receive pronunciation. So yeah, that mm -hmm. might be a good idea. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, one reason I was really, I really wanted to talk with you was because not only are you learning English and your English is very good, but also you, you <laughs> teach Spanish online, don't you? Yeah. I've been teaching Spanish online for around four years. Mm -hmm. So I started one day I was at home saying that because, well, I studied education at the university and I'm a primary school teacher. This is what I studied. And because it's really, it's really hard to find a job here in Spain as a primary school teacher because we have to do public exams and everything. I did my master's degree and then one day I was, I remember in my living room thinking that probably I can teach Spanish online. So now I started on Google. Uh, looking for websites and everything and finally I, I, I came across with some web useful web websites to teach many languages not just Spanish so 
I started, I did my profile there and I started teaching like four years ago. That's it. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so we actually started online roughly about the same time. That's interesting. What do you think made you interested in becoming an online teacher initially? Like, was it was it just something you really wanted to try? Like, did you want to help people or, I mean, did you have any kind of hidden motivations to do that? Yeah, so, well, the first motivation is... Uh, well, it was in that time because I was helping some Erasmus students in my university. So I liked the experience of helping students to learn Spanish in that case. And the second reason it was because I was looking uh, for something that I could do at home as well mm-hmm. without moving to any place. And I think the third reason is because I'm a teacher. So because the other possibility of being a primary school teacher and working in a in a school was quite difficult at that time i decided to try with the online lessons and that's why i do now okay perfect yeah i mean that that's definitely a great point as well is it's of course it's rewarding to help people and it's a good feeling especially when they're interested in your culture and your language but yeah as well as like it does give you that a bit more freedom and yeah, you kind of have the, the control over when you work and how you work, which, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So w- one question I uh, asked you about, well, I will ask you about, but I prepared you for. I wanted to know if your experience teaching helps you learn English at all, or maybe the other way around. Like, Does it kind of connect in some way? Yes. So I have, because English is the first spoken language uh, around the world. And well, now Spanish is growing up. And yes, so I have many, many, many beginner students. Some of them, they have like they have started Spanish from scratch. So we need like a language, like a bridge language, a language to communicate. And that language is English. So if my student doesn't speak Spanish and doesn't speak English, it's really difficult to communicate. So... I have to speak English with those students that normally are American students, Canadian students, Australian students, and students from the UK in general. So I have to use English with them. Obviously, it's not a class because they don't correct me, but Mm. I have the opportunity to use my English mostly every day. And the other way around, well, the other way around is impossible, obviously, because it's, it's Spanish. I was thinking that, yeah, I connect with them in with many of them in English. It's a bit tiring, actually, because obviously it's a Spanish lesson. So I should be speaking just in Spanish. But teaching online, what I feel as well is that all the nonverbal communication is a bit lost. It's not the same that being in a classroom where you can do many movements and you can move around around the class. So I need to use the uh, bridge language, which is really fine because I can practice every day. Yeah, that's a good point. So that, that is one disadvantage of online lessons is all these kind of like body gestures and even like your subtle facial expressions. They're not so clear uh, over, yeah. over a Skype talk, for example. Um, but yeah, I guess in those cases, it's useful to if you can incorporate some pictures or presentations or something Mm -hmm. like that that might be helpful yeah this is what i do obviously i don't speak english forever so i start speaking english for the for the first lessons Mm -hmm. and then we gradually we move into spanish 
but it depends also on the students because there are some students that they study a lot and maybe in five lessons we can just speak Spanish but some of the others maybe they they are not as good in learning languages as other students so they need more time to finally have like a whole class in Spanish yeah yeah of course maybe someone like me I I, I learned Spanish a few years ago um, then I stopped but yeah it took me ages and I was always like it's always mostly English with a little bit of Spanish in between um, mm -hmm. so I, I can imagine how you feel and I can imagine it's good practice yeah it's good practice but it's tiring as well because yeah, obviously yeah. I feel more comfortable speaking just Spanish obviously it's my native language and although I can speak English quite well in my brain gets tired because I'm always changing from English to Spanish, from Spanish to English. And when I change my chip, for example, if I'm now speaking in, in English, if I want to think in a Spanish word, I can't. So mm. it's very difficult because sometimes the students ask you, oh, Stella, how do you say that word in, in Spanish? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to use the dictionary. And it's very tiring for your brain to change all the time, like between languages. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so in, in a way, your job is, I guess, much harder than mine because you're using two languages all the time. But <laughs> yes, it, it is. But it, well, I like it anyway. Yeah, it's good. And it's, it's a great motivation for you to work on your English because you actually, it does play a role in your job. Whereas, yes. Yeah, go ahead. I, I've, I've, I've learned many expressions, many vocabulary, and many things with my students. The problem is that I was... Uh, like used to hear and listen and speak to British people, mm -hmm. not to many Americans, but now I have many American students, so they get me crazy with all the expressions and all the words that then I use with British speakers. And normally they say, still, I think that's American. We don't use that here. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. But well, it's really great anyway, because when I listen to or I watch films and series, they are normally from, from the US or America in general. So it's, it's nice to understand them as well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's, it's good to learn kind of different dialects and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, so you said you have a lot of students from America. Mm -hmm. For me, maybe it's different because for me, I think most of my students are from like the big countries. It's like China, Russia, Brazil, those kind of big countries. How, so how about you? Like, Where do most of your students come from? The most of my students come from, from the U.S., Hmm, okay. So I guess probably around the 70 or the 80% of them are from the US. Then I have uh, many Chinese students as well and Russian, as like, like you. Hmm. And the others are, well, I have some students from Canada and the others are normally from, from Europe in general, like the UK, Germany, France, and the Netherlands, you know. Okay, I see, I see. I'm a bit surprised, actually. I, I thought most of the American students would want to learn more of, like, a, you know, Southern American Spanish dialect, you know, mm -hmm. Latin American. Yeah, but many of them came here when they were probably at college or something to study Spanish. Or I have also some students that come here to do the Camino de Santiago. Oh. And... They have like Spanish friends from here, so they study this Spanish. Anyway, you know, I will say the same. Even if you study Latin American Spanish or Spanish from Spain, we can communi communicate with each other without any problem. So it's just some different vocabulary and expressions. Yeah. And ac accent, obviously. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a little bit like American and British English, something similar. Yeah, it's maybe. more or less the same. It's not yeah. like Portuguese from Portugal and Portuguese from Brazil. Or I have some like French students who say that the French for, from France and the French from Canada is totally different. Okay. Like Portuguese as well. So they have sometimes they have problems communicating. It doesn't happen with Spanish. I have friends from Colombia, Paraguay, and Argentina, and I can communicate with them without without problem. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Perfect. And and I just want to make sure. A minute ago, you mentioned the was it Camino del Santiago. So that's mm-hmm. like the like a long walking trail in northern Spain. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Normally, I think it starts in France. And you go all along the north part of Spain, and you finish in Santiago de Compostela, which is where we, you have the big cathedral. Mm. And yeah, so you can do. I think I'm not very into these things, but I think you can do the Camino de Santiago like during all the year. But now in summer, because people have holidays and everything, so you can you can do it now as well. Yesterday I saw in news. And it's full of people. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's a very busy, very busy at the moment. Um, well, mm-hmm. yeah, these days. Um, I, I would love to do it one day, but yeah, maybe, maybe it's becoming very touristy as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially in summer. I think yeah. October or something like that. It's it's really good to do it. Not now. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I one thing that I'm always very interested in talking about is kind of the study routine and habits because I think one of the things that stop people from improving and learning is that they don't have good habits in place or maybe they don't have that kind of uh, mindset to study every day or something like that so I want to ask you about your study routine or maybe lack of study routine whatever the case is for you (laughs) (laughs) I have to laugh here so well I have to say that nowadays I don't study English as much as I have to, but as but I'm in contact with English every day, which is good as well, because I say I speak English with my students. I'm always watching series in English, movies, documentaries. I speak with, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I speak with, with British and American friends. But when I was more like kind of an intermediate student, I studied a lot. So basically I was attending lessons and then at home, I try to read to, I, sorry, I try to read, yeah, yep, English read. books. Yeah, I try to read English books. And um, doing, I had like many grammar books to complete. And what else? I Let me think, Michael, because it's difficult. I don't remember. Like it was like probably six or seven years ago when I was an intermediate student. Okay. So... Basically, now what I do to continue more than improving, because I know at my stage it's very, very difficult to make improvement. So at least the students, we don't feel it. And what I do is basically listen English every day, try to speak English every day. And well, what I don't do, it's reading. Because I, I, I don't want to say that I hate reading because I don't hate it. But it's like kind of a, can I say like a trauma? trauma yeah like something because when i was a child or a teenager i had Mm -hmm. to read many books that i didn't want to so now reading for me it's like kind of something that i have to do instead of i want to do yeah you know so well i'm reading now a book but it's in spanish not in english so basically i try to listen and speak every day that's 
what I can say I do every day. Yeah. But I should do more. That, no, that's perfect. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I think... probably reading. Yeah. Uh, the, the word the word trauma is fine i mean trauma is usually something very serious like mm. if you were attacked as a child it stays with yeah. you well it's but... kind of a trauma for me because yeah, i yeah, well obviously yeah. obviously it's not like real but when i have a book in my hands like i get anxious because i remember mm. that feeling i had when i was a teenager yeah absolutely you know? I, th I think trauma definitely works it can be used in many ways so that that's a good example and mm -hmm. yeah I, th I think reading can be really helpful to help you improve in the language and improve your yeah. vocabulary but yeah. i think it's very important not to do something that you really despise doing so if you hate reading you're not going to really enjoy studying if, if you if you if you try and do that are you so i, I think that's fine I, I wouldn't worry yeah. about it yeah i'm a teacher and i suppose i don't have to say that <laughs> <laughs> i should love reading and i mean i read i read sometimes like just sometimes i prefer i'm more like a visual learner mm -hmm. so i like more to watch things videos to listen to podcasts and to like kind of use my english you know more than i know reading you learn a lot of vocabulary and you learn a lot of like structures and everything but well i prefer to do it in another way yeah i think that's a really important point is maybe you might find a list or advice online or from a friend that says this is how you learn a language. But at the end of the day, everyone learns in a different way. So it's important yeah. to understand how you learn best and the way that your kind of your mind can absorb information the best. Yeah, that's totally true. So yeah. in my opinion, for me, listening and speaking is the way that works now. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. A little bit like me, I don't do so much reading, maybe five or 10 minutes a day. Um, but I kind of want to do more. But yeah, it's not so easy to find something enjoyable to read. Yes. Mm. I started reading, one friend gave me uh, books from Stephen King. So because I, I like horror stories and everything. So I have them in my ebook for, I think probably two or three years and I haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> it, so I'm a very bad student. <laughs> yeah, at some point it kind of becomes like a, a chore. It's like weighing in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I have to read it, but I don't want to. and. Yeah, I know the books are there, yeah. but I haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, for the, it's, it's the thought that counts. It's for the future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a question that I have asked some of my guests before, and it's always my favorite one. I don't know if you have anything good to say. I want to ask you, uh, when you're talking English, or I don't know if you have any other language knowledge, or mm -hmm. perhaps when um, someone is talking, you know, a non-native Spanish speaker is talking with you, do you have any like funny or embarrassing situations that have come about that have happened because of, you know, be it not fluent language knowledge? Yeah. So I can say both in Spanish and in English. In English, it's not my experience. It was a, a friend experience. But in Spanish, especially beginners, they when I ask them, how old are you? They always say like 23, 24, 25. And then they say anos instead of años. Años means years, right? Oh, I can and guess what anus, the other one means. <laughs> and anus, it means like anus in English. So, so, so anus, right? Yeah, or assholes, right? Yes, so they yes. Say, they say in Spanish, it sounds to me like if you say, I have 23 assholes. And it's like, that's impossible. <laughs> I didn't have fun. <laughs> so I always say, be careful with that. But well, when I explain the funny, the funny thing, they always laugh. 
and because it's a good experience, they, they will remember that. Yeah. So in the, in the next class, or if someone asks them, like, how old are you? They are going to laugh because they are going to remember that situation in class. And they will say, años instead of finals. So mm. that's one of the, of the Spanish funny things I get, I like, mostly, mostly every month with all the beginning students. And in English, I don't have, probably I have, but I don't remember. But I have one story that happened to a friend. I wasn't there, so my friend told me that she was here in a city in Alicante called Benidorm, which is full of British people. Mm-hmm. And she was in a restaurant, and she was going to order uh, Coke. <laughs> so, uh, well, she, she went to the, to the bar and everything, and she was, like, very confident, and she said, may I have a Coke? <laughs> and the well, the guy was looking at her like laughing, obviously. Like, what do you want? Like a coke. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, she wanted to say a coke, right? But well, we have many problems with all the vowels in in English because in Spanish we just have five and five vowel sounds, so it's really difficult to make all the English vowel sounds. that you have a lot. Yeah, it's very hard, and there's, there are so many cases where that can be true. Um, so just in case people don't know, I don't want to teach too many bad words, but cock is another word for penis. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a kind of a slang word. So that's a very, it's an embarrassing mistake, but I think it's probably quite common. It's not a big deal. Um, and another one, I, I don't think I'll explain these, but uh, well, I can say this one. There's beach and mm-hmm. bitch. They sound very similar. Beach is good. Bitch is bad. <laughs> yeah we we do have problems with that as well yeah and, and one more which is yeah which, which is much worse is uh sheet mm-hmm. like uh, your bed sheets yeah. you don't want to say i you want to say e so be very careful with that <laughs> yeah it's, it's really really diff- because I, I don't i don't it's really difficult to know all the vowels in english so we yeah. always say things that we don't want to say actually yeah but that, that, I love those examples. That's really good. And, but as you said, it's kind of, it's really important to be happy to make those mistakes and kind of laugh at yourself because mm-hmm. it will be a funny story in the future. And once you've made that mistake, you probably won't make it twice because you'll always remember that kind of funny yes. experience, won't you? Yeah, you do. I know all these mistakes that you say, but then when I try to pronounce them, I don't really know the difference because as we didn't have that, you know, those vowels in English. Yeah. It's like mm, what I'm saying. So I just say it very fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so, sometimes that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. No, perfect. I, I love those stories. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What would you say you find hardest in English at the moment? Because as we said, I, th- I think you're an advanced level. You're very good. But do you still, is there something that you still really struggle with, particularly? Yes, always like prepositions. Mm. This is one. Obviously, pronunciation things, because we have many different sounds in English and in Spanish. So it's difficult. And like prepositions and phrasal verbs, I would say the same. I think I've studied all the tenses in English and I know when to use them, even. I mean, I, I make mistakes with the tenses because it's difficult to, sometimes it's difficult to remember the tense you want to use in conversation because you didn't have that time to think. But I would say the most difficult thing is prepositions and phrasal verbs, which are with prepositions as well. Mm. So this is the most difficult part of English right now, I think. Yeah, 
I, I think most people would agree with you that's very very difficult and there are it's not quite the same as tenses because tenses you can learn the rules and then you're finished but with prepositions mm -hmm. there are almost an endless number of rules and exceptions and exceptions that's a problem yeah and because we have we have like different maybe we have like the same situ we have the same expressions in spanish and in english but in english you use a proposition and in spanish you didn't use the translation of that proposition maybe you use another one yeah so it's really difficult sometimes yeah no i, I can i can totally totally uh, understand that so when things do get hard for you and maybe you feel a bit down maybe you feel like you're not improving i don't know if you ever feel that way but what motivates you to keep going and and not give up or not feel too too bad about yourself yeah i had that time i think especially when i was preparing for the uh, cambridge cambridge exam like the b2 the F F fce mm -hmm. so as i failed the exam three times no sorry two times i passed it at the third so i felt like my english wasn't good and uh, i was very stressed and anxious because when i think when you study because the exam was kind of an obligation for me. So I need to do it because we needed to work here as a teacher in Spain and everything. So I was very, very, very nervous at that time. And when I passed the exam, I think I took like a long time again to, to, to keep it with my English. When I have those situations, I just maybe I, I, I stop for the time I need. And then I start again learning English. So in my case, I can't stop learning English because I'm also a primary school English teacher here in Spain. So I help kids to learn English in Spain. So I need to be in contact with English all the time. So if I have like a bad time, maybe I stop for two, three, four weeks and then I catch up again. This is what I do. Okay. Okay. So if, if, you, feel, if you feel like you're not in the right mindset to study... You'll just allow yourself some time to have a break. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I have a break okay. and then I continue. I, I will always continue because I, I can't stop learning English. I need for my job. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's, that's not adv the advice I expected, actually, but that's really good because I've heard before that apparently it's really beneficial to your mind to sometimes take a break from language. And I've noticed this myself. Like, I've been studying Japanese for many years and sometimes... I feel like, oh, I'm just not improving. I'm not getting anywhere. Then when I take a break, maybe for a week or even longer, and I come back to it, I feel refreshed. I feel like I, I know a lot more than I actually realized. So yes, sometimes a, a short break can be a good idea, just as long as it doesn't turn mm -hmm. into a permanent break. <laughs> yeah, of course. So my breaks are like short breaks, like just like a few weeks. So if I if you took six months, probably then when you come back you don't remember many things so my breaks are like short breaks like mm. two three four weeks not more than a month actually this is what i do but obviously it also depends on your level if you took probably sorry if you take probably three weeks or four weeks as a beginner you're going to to lose many things in that way so mm. this is one of the things probably is not the 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 best advice but it, it's what at the moment works for me and in the past probably if I felt like um, stuck with my English or something so I just try to learn or to watch things that was uh, that interest me in that time and 
I think it it that helps you to to be more motivated and to to learn new stuff because normally when we go or we attend English courses at for example I went to my university courses sometimes you learn things that you you don't like mm-hmm. or topics that are not from your interest so if at home you do things that you really like you get more motivated I think yeah yeah absolutely no you're definitely right I want to last questions I want to ask today I want to ask if you have any recommended language resources or books or anything like that that you think might be helpful to other people to uh, improve their English mm-hmm. at any level so I don't remember very well the things I did when I was a beginner or an intermediate student because that was long time ago because I started learning English when I was six you know so mm. it's really difficult but in that in my stage, what I do is basically I watch a lot of Netflix shows, Amazon Prime shows, and HBO shows. So if you are an advanced uh, level a student or an advanced student, sorry, you can. The best advice I can say is that watch everything in original version with English subtitles, so you can see how a word is written, because in English you write things totally in a different way that you pronounce them. So it's really good to see the war, how it's written. And there are obviously many shows to, to watch. Then for vocabulary, sometimes, not always, I use Quizlet, which is a website where you can create flashcards. It's like similar to Anki. I'm not really like a good student with Anki. I don't really know how to use Anki. So I use Quizlet and you can put all the flashcards. You can play games with the flashcards. You can create topics and you can have like words in, in context if you want. It also has like a translation into your language if you need to. And then I also listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of, a lot of uh, TED Talk YouTube videos and podcasts as well. This is what I do as a beginner. I don't really do many reading or reading things, as I said. But listening, this is all I do. And every day. I do it every day. I think it's important to have a routine. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. And of course, the number one thing that helps you is the English with Michael podcast, right? That's the best of thing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to when I when I'm driving, always. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Quizlet was the first thing you mentioned. Um I haven't really used it, but I know about it. So I can put a link to that in the show notes for this podcast. Um, I, I guess I'll make a link for you. I'll call it ewmichael.com forward slash Estella, just for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I completely forgot what else you mentioned now. What was it? <laughs> I said, I just say Quizlet, right? And then I say a lot of TV shows, like, but I think it's important to watch them with subtitles mm-hmm. in English. Because, yeah, it helps me because sometimes they speak very fast or they have different accents. So if I read what they are, or for example, I can learn a new expression and word and I need to know how it's written. So if I have the subtitles, it's easy to remember. Oh, and yeah. then and, oh, I, I said podcast. TED Talks. You said, yeah. I remember ah, it was TED yeah, Talks, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 TED Talks. Yeah, so I like to watch a lot of TED Talks. There are, well, you have the website and then you have on YouTube, if, if you type TED Talk in English, you have TED Talks, like many of them. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll also put a link to TED Talks on on the website too and yeah ted talks are great because you can watch something really interesting it's always really interesting and it's got the whole transcript below that you can read or print or whatever you like to do 
Yes. Um, and I have advice. a last a last thing, yes. a last app that I use on my phone is BBC, BBC Learning English. Oh, Probably so you know good. it. And you have many things. So I love the grammar videos. So they do like kind of like kind of like games and contests. So you have to to remember the, the tenses. Maybe one day they explain the present, uh, well the present tense or the or the past perfect, and they do a lot of games and everything. It's like a video. And you have more things like I love the podcast from Six Minutes English. I think it is where you listen to a podcast during six minutes and then you have questions normally. So it's really it's really nice. Mm. And I think that's all I use at the moment. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, yeah, the, the BBC app is amazing. Um, yeah, my girlfriend uses the well, she listens to the podcast uh, mm-hmm. in, in the shower. So it's um, yeah. I think it's like the perfect length for like a quick shower, maybe. But <laughs> really nice to to listen to British English in that case. I don't have many apps for American English because I, as I said, I, at school and during all my years learning English, we learn British English. So I know more things for British English than for. But anyway, TED Talks probably you find more American accent than British accent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, fantastic. That's really good. So before we say goodbye today, I want to know if there's anything you would like people to know about you. So do you want to advertise uh, any kind of social media or website or anything like that? Yeah, I can do a bit of, of spam, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, I have, I don't have my own website, but I have my Instagram page. So if my, if your students or people that are learning Spanish and listening to to that podcast, you can follow me on, at, uh, how do you say, at, yeah, at? at Spanish with Estela, Spanish with Estela, that's all. And I post there like videos with vocabulary, with expressions, sometimes I do lives with other teachers. And yeah, basically I try to have my feed always with different things. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I, I follow Estela on Instagram and she always puts so much work into it, so if you are learning yeah. Spanish, that's a, a great place to go to. And I'll, I'll, again, I'll link to that on the show notes as well. Yeah. I like your name as well. It's just Spanish with Estella and it's just English with Michael. You know, we, we're very creative yeah, I, people. I change it. I change it many times <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the Instagram is American. So you don't have the ñ. So I cannot oh. write Espanol con Estela. I have to write Espanol. And this is like the same thing with años and anos, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> so a different, I cannot write thing, Espanol. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't like to write Espanol, so I change it to language with Estela, but then I say, okay, Spanish with Estela is fine. So also when people find teachers on on Instagram, you can also pull, if you, if you put Spanish with, it's easy. Probably you have like hundreds of students, but yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's easy to find a Spanish teacher. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, well, for all the listeners, if you want Spanish lessons, I'm here as well. <laughs> yes, I'll make sure they're aware of that. But yeah, it's good to, good to keep the name simple, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been really good to talk with you today. And I'm really, I really appreciate your time to, to come on and yeah, share your knowledge with us. It was a pleasure, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you guys very much for listening to today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed listening to Estella as much as I enjoyed talking to her. If you want to connect with her, again, you can go to her Instagram. I think that's Spanish with Estella. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And yeah, I'm always looking to have more guests on the podcast. So if you think you know someone who would be a good guest to talk to or someone who I should interview, 
then let me know. You can get in touch with me on my website, ewmichael.com, or you can email me at info at ewmichael.com. But that's it for today. So thank you very much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.